Um, with, I, I don't know well, if we even introduced the topic that we're talking about. Have we done that yet? No, we haven't. We've kind of been waiting for you, but we're talking about NFTs. So Katie, take it away. We're talking about NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Yeah. So glad I remembered that. Um, Samuel and I did a podcast. It's not even up yet, but she mentioned it. And I thought, hey, we need to talk about this subject and it has been in the news uh recently as something that is like shaking up the art world and Eli's background other than being a writer he's also a financial what would you call yourself analyst uh no I'm not an analyst at this point I'm an investment advisor okay um so you have a lot of background you're getting your master's in economics uh, I'm getting my master's, master's of arts and economics. So let's talk about arts. why do colleges use that for everything? It's so weird. Uh, but yeah, with an option of financial economics. Okay. I did my undergrad in economics and I've been working in the industry for. So you have a, you have a good perspective, um, coming into this, talking about, um, NFTs. And I know each of us have done our own research to come together to talk about it. Um, so I'm interested, I, and Eli, I don't know if you can, but can you kind of give an, I, um, a, a, I don't know, summary I'm, definition, whatever. Oh man. So uh, Wait, hold that thought. Hold you, you got that question. Let's tease it a little bit because I think this could be the best video watched podcast ever. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing oh, but oh. a baby attacking Tyler. <laughs> Twenty minutes. And you know what? It is the best video you could possibly watch. Go online. Yeah. <laughs> just look for it for a little bit. Katie puts all of these on YouTube. You, it's a must-watch because I can't stop laughing. I had to pause my mic and tell Ashley to, uh, my Ashley, my girlfriend, to come over and look at what's going on because it's. <laughs> the funniest thing you've ever seen i am glad that i've been classically trained in brazilian jiu-jitsu i'll tell you that much <laughs> eli mm -hmm. can you explain to us what nfts are okay oh. can you explain like you were explaining it to a family member yeah yeah sure makes sense. So it's hard to get into NFTs without talking about Bitcoin and blockchain first. So everyone has an issue in technology. Well, it's not necessarily an issue. It's a benefit to a lot of people. You can copy things very easily in technology, right? So blockchain came out as a way to uh, validate, authenticate, really confirm something as being individual and not being able to be copied, right? And it's a system where um, one computer confirms with a bunch of other systems or computers and they all lock in together. That's what they call the blockchain because all these blocks of info get locked together and they're a chain of blocks or whatever. But really you're creating a sequence that's unable to be just copied anymore. You know, it's like timestamped and all that. It's called so, consensus, right? Hmm? Consensus. The it's consensus. Consensus. amongst certain users at a certain time, which is impossible 
well, theoretically copy, okay? And so from this technology, a lot of things were born. One of them being Bitcoin, right? So anything that you have that can't be copied, that uh, can be proven as being individualistic and um, valid, what's the opposite of counterfeit? Um, kosher or- Counterfit. <laughs> Fit, right? Yeah, something that can be proven as genuine. That's the word I'm looking for. Genuine. Mm -hmm. Something that can be proven as genuine, something that has <laughs> limited supply. So in order to create a blockchain, these computers have to talk to each other and it's not instant. It takes a while. And that's why you have people who are mining for Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. When you work your computers or systems to create blockchains, you can earn Bitcoin for it because it takes a while. It takes resource to get it. So when you have something that has limited capacity, can't grow infinitely or decrease infinitely by the, you know, in two seconds or whatever have you, and is individualistic, genuine, you can create theoretically currencies off of it, if that makes sense. You so, I, I love your genuine. <laughs> I know, I keep saying it like the rapper. I, there's a rapper who says it like that, like genuine and jewelry. It's like stuck in my head to say it like that. Can you explain this in five words or less? No. For all no. the people that don't understand no. art? Go go get a degree. That's what I say in five words. Yeah. Pretty much though, let let's let me make it even more simpler. Blockchain technology that came out and makes things okay. unique and can't be copied. Okay. Yeah. But it can't it's, it's a so blockchain no, it like it's it can't. no it cannot. What's right now, it's on the blockchain, internet. individualistic blockchain made for one transaction cannot be copied. And that's oh, yeah. why using financial world for transactions all that it cannot be replicated the that's chain right. cannot be replicated the chain the Sam, block technically chain can. built from a transaction cannot but be art when we're talking about art those nfts or whatever they're mm -hmm. all over the place that, that's the next step so first we're going to establish the basic uh, questions on purpose for me Sam. so you once you create something that can't be copied that is genuine <laughs> and completely individual, what you can create from that is, um, or what a lot of people have created from it, not only like Bitcoins and things like that, but what's happening in the art world or anything um, of that nature is you have a certificate of authenticity that can be created from that. Because let's say in the old days, you go buy an art piece and go, this is my art piece. And this is my little authenticity letter that says it's my art piece. Someone else could copy your art piece, copy authenticity letter. And now suddenly the value, you don't know which one is real. It can be very difficult. But because these blockchains are completely unique and that way forever can't be copied, you can attach them to art pieces. So you can really Literally. say this person is the owner of that art piece. And instead of having a paper deed or whatever that may be copied, they own that blockchain sequence attached to the art, mm -hmm. which is your, uh, was it NFT, non-fundable token, right? So that's what an NFT is. Just think about it of a new way of owning an authenticity letter of your art that is even more so unable to be copied, resistant to it. 
and art is a type of token. So for the NFT, for non-fungible token, art is a type of token um, similarly to digital art. So like the Neon Cat uh, is now an NFT where someone actually owns the original GIF of the Neon Cat. There is an actual owner of the original that can sell that to somebody else if they want to have the original Neon Cat. All but, of the other copies out there don't have value like the only copy that has been authenticated. But how do you stop that from being a meme? Or how do you stop that from, how do you get money from that? I, I, I guess you, if you print it on a, uh, a shirt, that's where you get some money or you print it on a mug, you can sue someone for money. But how do you get money from someone that just produces it on? Money is not the only value. So in this case, the artwork has subjective value as we talked about before. So there are people that will decide that they want to pay money to it. But uh, really what they're doing is they're, they're just trading in an investment. The, the mm -hmm. idea is that they're, they're trading investment and the authenticity that Eli described with blockchain is being used to give you a unique token. So money is a fungible uh, item. It, it's something that can be replicated, right? And so that's why it's commonplace is that if I have a dollar bill and you have a dollar bill, they're the same and they have the same worth. If I have $5 bills and I trade it for A5, that $5 bill has the same worth as the five individual dollars. So the non-fungible is that it's not replicatable. And that's the whole point of the blockchain authenticity is that's not, you can't replicate that. So if you have a unique item like a baseball card or a piece of artwork or a piece of digital artwork, uh, even though Neon Cat is being used right now uh, as my background, or the GIF is being used in all kinds of Reddit posts all over the world, constantly living in multiple places on the internet, the authenticated version of that is not. None of those versions are authenticated. And it's that certificate that people, a market of people, enough people have decided to place a value on it. And then they have associated that value with dollars. It's. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the novelty of saying mm -hmm. that you own the original. Absolutely. And a lot of this market is driven by, by it being the first of something. So there was a New York Times article that the author made a NFT of the article that is a living article online. Anyone can look it up and read it, but he made an NFT of it and then sold it. And the buyer, who is a music production company um, out of the country, I think it was Dubai or something like that, their motivation for buying it was it was the first of its kind to be sold. It was the first New York Times article of that stature to be sold. And so there was this novelty that they thought was worth value to say that they were the first company to buy something like that. Mark Cuban is selling highlights like digital, like it's a little highlight GIF, right? Of a basketball play. And he's selling those like digital basketball cards. 
as NFTs. They're, they become authenticated through blockchain, and then he sells that card, and people associate value with it. But I think, same if you're onto something, is this value isn't really value. Like, it's a questionable. It's only worth something because people are paying for it. But if that is taken away, what is it really? Because there's copies of it everywhere. Yeah, in... I feel like in 300 years, how is that going to like your grandchildren? They have this digital print of that copy. How does that translate to anything? Well, I mean, the internet becomes more and more open to the general public. Unless a government sits there and the internet, because the internet was originally supposed to be open to everyone unless a government or an overpowering government that controls the entire world starts limiting everyone to what they can access, to what they can pay for, or things like that, I don't think it's going to last the test of time. I think it will just be, be a novelty thing of this era. Well, it depends on a lot of the piece. And like Kitty's saying, art has an originality to it. And you can say, oh, anyone look at it, anyone go to the museum and see it. Is it really worth anything anymore, right? Just because you have more eyes available to see it doesn't really diminish the value of the original. Now, as far as your argument of technology making something obsolete, I think it's a very fair chance that happens. And that's one of the things I think with blockchain in general is right now it's considered the best technology at authenticating and making something very unique and not be able to copy but what happens when a newer technology can do it faster or some of their form outdoes it, Bitcoin and that whole system will be replaced. Did, did the invention of the camera make paintings obsolete? But- Maybe the, most paintings, but not all paintings. These mm. blockchains are housed on servers on computers if something happens to this server and it goes down that uh certificate of authenticity is gone the buyer will just get a error message so no hundred thousand dollar uh piece that they paid for is poof gone that means, i mean that's what with, uh... trevor noah was saying there's truth to that, but it would need to happen to multiple, multiple, multiple servers and computers at the same time, mm -hmm. because the idea of blockchain is that, and that's the risk with just blockchain in general. We're, I mean, we're ta really talking crypto technology here, is that consensus is that multiple machines share the same blockchain, the entirety of the blockchain, not a piece of it. The entirety of the blockchain lives on multiple machines at the same time. And what they're doing is they're checking with each other that the chain is the same. And that when a new block is added to the blockchain, it goes to all of them at the same time. And then they add it to the chain. They check with each other that it got added in the same way and that the blockchain is not the same. And once that's verified, that's consensus. So even if my server goes down temporarily, permanently or whatever, there are enough servers and places where the chain resides that the authenticity is still there. Now, you know, in a, you know, not Armageddon-like setting, but if, if all of those were attacked at the same time, all the places that the blockchain lived or enough of them, 
yes, that could happen. But the likelihood of that happening with current technology is low. That's why blockchain is currently the best technology available for authenticity. Because we don't have anyone currently raging against um, our way of living as of right now. Like, obviously, it's the most peaceful time in human history. It is. You you mm-hmm. think about what's going on. There's no huge war. There are wars and people dying and stuff like that. But country to country, it's one of the most peaceful times in human history. So what happens if we never get an alien? You always get those weird things where there's an alien that comes out and then all of mankind unites to fight against the alien. What happens if you never get that alien and we resort to fighting each other and then make ourselves go back to kind of a stone age or back to a renaissance age. I don't think we'll ever get Eli, back. this is your next book. But uh, not, I, well, I'm not entirely following you. I have to, I, I tell a lot of my clients, you know, when they start talking about these Armageddon situations, I'm like, I think the last thing you're going to be worried about is your stocks at that point. Your money's not going to be worth anything. So like any form of currency if the government or whatever is backing it up falls apart, you're not worried about the value of what your currency holds anymore. If, if Armageddon happened, you won't give a crap if you still have the uh, you know, authenticity deed of your painting. You know, value of that will diminish. You'll care about yeah. getting food and water. Which right? becomes so, objective value. Armageddon so let's talk about this in a, a real scenario, Eli. You have just bought neon cat the Mm -hmm. cat that has a a toaster pop on its back pop tart pop tart yeah pop tart (laughs) followed by a chain a genuine pop tart pop tart the the strawberry pop tart which is a good flavor but people say it tastes like poop tastes like i love it I the best the flavor, by far the best flavor. It's so oh, maple, good. maple brown sugar is the best one. Maple brown sugar is the best, followed by strawberry. <laughs> but this the happiness of the rainbow falls behind it and it goes through space. Let's say you bought that. You just bought it on your 40th birthday, Eli, for $1 million because magically you're rich mm-hmm. and can have that liquid capital. Mm-hmm. Tyler starts the end of the world. And Likely. now you can't take this digital art and do anything with it because people want tangible art. Okay, well, that that's... Wait, why would people want tangible art in the end of the world? Um, they're going want any art. End of the world, you want food, you want shelter, you want protection, right? So any, anything you buy has a risk. Anytime you want to convert an asset, either cash to art, cash to stock, cash to bond, cash to gold, it needs a demand to it. And you're always playing with a risk of what if it becomes worthless. In your scenario, my cash is worthless. Everything is worthless. And what, am I just supposed to sit on cash my whole life because the next day it might be doomsday? No, you got you to gotta invest and do stuff. And I mean, if you're going to spend a million dollars on that uh, cat, Rainbow, what's it called? Pop tart, rainbow cat? Neon, neon cat. cat. Neon cat. If you spend a million dollars on a neon cat, you better be filthy, goddamn rich. Or you'd be better be ready to market it on t shirts and get, um, you know, intellectual property rights or funds coming in that way. One of the to two. To be fair, 
to be absolutely fair, when I start the Armageddon, uh, it will start with Eli's death. So he won't care. <laughs> I mean, that, that's where it starts. Uh, that's the end of the world. Yeah, but I'm Eli's beneficiary, and I would like to <laughs> rake in the money of Eli's death. Yeah. One thing uh, that I really want to talk about um, is something that happened with all of this. So Morons is a art piece that uh, Banksy did, and mm -hmm. it was bought for $100,000 by a... Um, like a group of artists and they made it into an NFT mm -hmm. and with the goal of selling it. So right before they sold the NFT of the Banksy work, they then burnt the original, destroying mm -hmm. the original uh, through a live, uh, live stream thing on Twitter. Um, and you can check it out, I watched it today. But their whole idea was that if they burn the original, that then makes the NFT skyrocket in value because it's the only one of its kind. New concept. The publicity behind it. They get the idea and the the for like not the fortune. Fortune is a weird word, but just they burn the original. Oh, people are now talking about this NFT, and now the NFT is going up in value because of what we're talking about which is what I've talked about at the very beginning of the podcast is what we're talking about now doesn't mean anything because I think it's very novel. It's, it it's, doesn't mean anything in the long term of art. You know, it's a marketing thing like Sam was saying, but you're also transferring value in that sense. You have a hard copy, you're burning it, you're reducing the supply of something by one, you're raising the value of the other item. So, I mean, just as far as, you know, economic theory is applying demand, it makes sense to me. But I, I'm highly likely, I mean, I, I highly believe, like Sam was saying, the marketing stunt of it is going to make that value go up even more. Because now it's not only the only copy, it's the only NFT that was originally a regular piece that was burned. And, you know, you have this whole story behind it. And that's what artists love. You know, they eat that crap up. Million dollar idea. We take the live stream and we authenticate that and we make mm -hmm. that an NFT and then we have an NFT of them burning the Banksy. There you go. Just saying, uh, you know, we could split it four ways. I get 80% because it's my idea. Well, that you bring up a great point is how when you make it NFT and this is something that when I was researching came up is it's very hard to prove that you're the original creator. Like who's to say that we can't take the burnt Banksy video and then make an NFT and say, oh, we were the original people. Like who, who's monitoring that to make sure that people aren't stealing other people's work. To you know what, with anything that's very new, you're going to run into that regulation or whatever hasn't caught up. I think what's going to end up having to happen is whoever the original artist is, is going to have to make sure they create the NFT before they share it online. And that way, when that blockchain is, has its timestamp to it, they can say, look, I had this timestamp. Unless you can show me it on the internet somewhere else, it, you know, more even so proves that I am the original author and thus the owner. And, and the, the blockchain has a, you know, is a record. So the authentication, 
you can't tell who the original is other than who was the first to put it in the chain. Mm-hmm. You know, the, and so that that's where the um, the the value of the blockchain comes from, not necessarily the value of the actual original. Which is interesting. Like, I don't know if that's right. I don't know if that's morally right, but that's that's the current method. Well, and that's what's the crazy. person that owns it? I'm sorry. That's the person that owns it. The person that originally put it in. So it's the first. I'm gonna sound super stupid, but it's the first one and zeros to that blockchain. It's the first block. Correct. It's the first block uh, in the chain that contains the inception of that transaction. So essentially a block is a, it's a record of transaction and mm-hmm. you can just, the record is from myself to myself is, is a concept. That's an idea that gets way more complicated than that. But you know, you essentially put that thing, whatever it is into the chain for the first time. And when you create that block, that's different than the block that says I sold it to you. Mm-hmm. That block is different than you sold it to them. But the record of that thing, once it's in there, is in there and unique for forever. It can't be duplicated. Mm-hmm. Um, you said something earlier, Tyler. You said that the camera get rid of art, uh, like artistic oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to add on to that, I mean, you can describe those as different mediums at this point. I could say that the photo where you had to stand still and covered myself has been replaced and become completely obsolete now due to, I would say, photography on your phone, digital phone, right? Uh, Long path there, but sure, you can say that, you know, the existence of a new technology won't replace the value of an old thing, but depending on how close they are of a medium, there is a risk there that could happen. I mean, you never very hard, you know, no one's got the uh, crystal ball. And that was my point. That was exactly my point because I think it's obviously the photograph did not completely make paintings obsolete. There is still a craft that is valued and people still sell art. Um, But the, the concept behind that statement is that this is a new medium of authentication. It's a new medium of valuing tokens uh, because tokens have been around forever. Real estate is a token. You know, real estate is an individual, unique, it's my plot of land and people buy and sell and invest in real estate. This is a new token and a new technology that people are using. It may make some of the old tokens less valuable because as investors invest in this they're not putting their money back into real estate or back into other things but in the long term in the future as new things happen as armageddon's happen and as new technologies that doesn't mean that all of blockchain will just become suddenly obsolete some of that's still going to have value the neon cat might be something that survives forever it might not you know there's now there's digital artists that you know not exclusively but primarily uh, make art to be NFTs. Um, well, the, the thing I worry about with blockchain, it is it's human-made technology, right? Mm-hmm. And it is possible. I'm sh- no, I'm shooting in the sky here, but it is possible that using the current, you know, hardware systems we have and service we have today, 
that we develop a faster way of making a completely genuine authenticated mm -hmm. method. And that could replace blockchain. Now, when you go to things like real estate or land, you genuine. Know, even, even today, we cannot, we can't make the land exactly the same with the exact same climate at the exact same times it has. Like we're not a God who can do that. Um, well, speak for yourself. <laughs> I know you're going to make the end of the world, so you're the one who's going to do it. No. <laughs> uh, but that's my one fear with uh, blockchain. Well, I mean, not with blockchain, because blockchain is a great technology. But when you start attaching value to that method, like Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency. And you... I understand that, because te technology itself is a society is on an explosive, expansive rate of technological advancement that makes it hard to be predictable. Mm -hmm. But we're talking about investments. So when you're talking about NF, you know, NFTs, it should be still thought of in relative terms to real estate and gold. It's just a different type. It's new. Um, and people value it now. They might not value it later, but as value drops, you'll have an opportunity. And like, you, you know, you'll have an opportunity to sell it mm -hmm. as it drops. You'll have an opportunity. You're, you're playing a market value. Um, that that's that's what an investment is these are investments they're not nfts in my opinion aren't being sold for the uh they're, they're being sold for novelty for one but it's not to be the owner of the art these are financial tools they're not well, you gotta look at who's buying most of this a lot of it is not investors a lot of it is well, and I'm just speaking out of my butt, so never mind. Yeah, because well, I think like you're right, in, a lot of them is fans or some kind of enjoyer of that art. I, I don't think and so. I, I think out that, of your butt, Katie, just explain yeah, yeah. what you felt. Well, so I was, um, I was a lot of this talk, the NFTs and art, has become a big deal because of the artist Bleeple. B yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to bring up. I was just looking for him. He's the Leaple third. Crap. He's the third most uh, not paid, but his artwork sold for the third largest at uh, Christie's auction house mm -hmm. for his digital art piece, which was an NFT. Mm -hmm. um, he it he blew up. He's been making digital art for years, but within four months, he's become extremely famous and extremely wealthy literally the third mm -hmm. uh, most paid artist from an auction cell who's living it, like that's yeah. crazy um but it's but not his his he's instagram for he's been doing his art for over 13 years mm -hmm. and that's what we go back to the original point at the beginning of this podcast art isn't a one and done you have to be doing this thing you have to be passionate about this non-existent thing that doesn't make you any money for a long period of time 13 years how many people would do the same thing over and over again not getting paid for like four years i know so many people that have quit podcasting because they're like i'm gonna make a, mon a whole bunch of money and then they don't do podcasting anymore and uh yeah, you have to have content yeah and you have to have a history but i, I agree with that but um back to the, I don't think the average buyer is a fan because 
in all of tokens last year that were sold, art only made up 5% of NFTs. However, they made up 24% of the value. So the amount that these NFTs are selling for are, is extravagant compared to all other categories of NFTs, just specifically talking about art. So, so are we specifically talking about art NFTs? Yes. Well, oh. no, no, all NFTs, art, the, the category of art made up 5% of the total amount of NFTs sold. So no, I, NF I mean, we speak about who we believe is buying in majority. Well, exactly. And that, that's why I'm saying that- NFTs and specifically? Specifically. I would say fans. I would say smart investors a lot of times or non-artist people. If when, I, when you say investor, I don't think an artist person. I think an investor looking for a good way to use their money. How dare you? And I think at that point, <laughs> well, I mean, you got to be in the art world to see the value of a lot of those things. Mm -hmm. And an investor doesn't reach to art as their first asset, their second asset, their third security, their fifth security. It's one of the last things they'll go to to diversify a portfolio. And that's if they're smart, smart mm -hmm. investors, you know? I mean, and at that price, Especially now you got to, you know, put in that much. I think you have to have some taste of the art world to appreciate it. I mean, you can maybe see it as an investment as well, but I think you got to understand the value of the art in its own, of you owning it. A rational investor, if their sole goal is to be an investor, mm -hmm. they won't start at art. I agree that the rational investor um, is not the one investing in this. I think that it is the risky investor, but I do think that they are the investor types. They are the Mark Cubans. They are the, um, what's the SpaceX guy's name? Elon Musk's, you know. Um, I think you, that there is a fair amount of fans, but again, the, the sheer dollar amount that the NFTs are selling for is extravagant. And so I think they're people that are, I think they're fans of technology, but they're wealthy. They're wealthy, wealthy people. Oh, I'm not saying they're not wealthy. That value, yeah, wealthy the, but, but they value the, the NFT as an art investment. It is still an investment. It, the prime, maybe, you know, it's a combination of the two, but I think the primary goal is, oh, these NFTs are on the rise. Blockchain's on the rise. Bitcoin is this thing that people are getting into. And there is a market of wealthy investment types, maybe not the banker types, um, but there's still the, the maybe high risk investor types. And I think they're the ones that are driving the market at this rate, because to be 5% being, uh, you know, people who are into tech, mm -hmm. like Elon Musk, people who understand MT are about that movement. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's a big point there too, whether it's about it being an NFT or it being an art they like, I think they have to have some value that they see within it. Absolutely. Buy it. And to say that all of them are, the majority of them are investors without any real numbers behind it, either you and I can be wrong, but I think it's hard to say one way or the other, especially when you can have dual motives and we're talking about irrational investors. Okay. I concede. What is really uh, kind of interesting about the NFTs though is and I, I don't know how this works, but they were talking about it, was that the original artist can then put into the next cell or within the lifetime. So every time it does sell, it 
there could be a percentage that then goes back to the artist. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that goes into the blockchain. I didn't get that far into it. But I mean, that just sounds like, you know, some right of the contract of the authenticity. Because I, mean, I mean, we're you know, you can get very confused by thinking about it in a technology standpoint. But if you just think about it, this is my contract of owning it. Every time I resell it, 10% goes to the original artist. And that's in the contract. It's really just a clause there. And whether it's on paper written or in the form of blockchains, I mean, it's still the saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, I just want to point out Logan Paul sold 3,000 holographic Pokemon cards of himself <laughs> over $5 million as of NFTs himself? of himself. He was the Pokemon in the Pokemon card. So he made a Pokemon card of himself, made them holographic digitally. Uh, made them NFTs and sold them for over $5 million. How many did he sell? 3,000. Totaling, oh. totaling $5 million, not yeah. 5 million each. Crazy, man. They yeah. all were unique though, right? They're not copies? Mm, I don't know about that. I don't know if each Pokemon card, I believe they were copies with just a unique ID because that's how trading cards work. Either trading card themselves you know, there are multiple copies, but they're still considered non-fungible because there's a limited release of them. Yeah, but he could have made a bunch of different ones. I mean, he could have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't know for sure. But I'm, I'm just, I'm basing that off of my, you know, understanding of just trading cards in general. And trading cards is another type of NFT that, mm-hmm. you know, has value. And I, I wish I still had all my Pokemon cards, but I don't. Because it's I'm all, a normal all person. Cards in like high school for yeah. hundred bucks. It still isn't that. Mm-hmm. But it's it's definitely a really interesting technology that isn't understood by most people. I don't even I don't understand it. I've I've watched a few twenty minute videos, but like, and I get the general concept, but it's still it's it's interesting to see where will it will go, you know, and how far it's already come so quickly. Mm-hmm. What I mean. Both of you are very financially minded. Is this something that you would suggest like people investing in or is it just way too risky? God, no. God, no. Yeah, hell no. So you're not uh, planning to buy some, Eli? The phrase is minutely fueled. So let's say 5% fueled or maybe even more by America's financial lack of, I mean, America's lack of financial literacy. I think many people waste their money, even if they're rich. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a spot where, because it's new and no one knows it, it's sexy. A lot of people are just blowing their money here. I don't think it should be a thing. I mean, no, it should be a thing. It's a, it's a you know, authenticity. It shouldn't be a thing for any average, not average show anyone like oh come on logan paul (laughs) it's ridiculous yeah like come on how could how who is the buyer there they need to be smacked like there's no point to that yeah honestly i i I instantly regretted bringing it up because why fuel logan paul with anything Mm -hmm. so my apologies um but uh i there's no way i would suggest it and if what if there was a micro or like a penny stocks version of this where like it became 
<coughs> cheap to get into the into it if they if had you know NFT 10... all individualistic like you're saying mm -hmm. so what am i buying the stock of one nft that's owned the the one nft cat because unless you got a like an electronic trust collecting them all but then how does that ownership decide as they change value the, I mean, very, that's talking about like a full stock market of mm -hmm. NFTs. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's too, at least in my foreseeable future, mm -hmm. art can change value too strangely or maintain value. And no one like uh, breaking up ownership of an art, saying I own 10% of it and you own 10%, unless it's marketed and sold on cups and crap, I think would be very hard to do. Mm -hmm. And that is not what I was going with it, but I think that's a really interesting thing you bring up because, uh, you know, I, I don't see that happening either. That, that just doesn't seem practical in any means. But I just mean like tokens, individual tokens. So there are there's a set of pixel art little heads, and I forget I didn't write the name of it down, um, but there's just a few thousand of these little unique pixel faces. And people are bidding on them, and they're buying them with uh, Ethereum, uh, you know. And but they're selling for a lot. But like even things like that, like you could make individual QR codes and assign value to it, where you could make them in masses, but then trade them in value, and you know, or or sets of things like cards, where you could make just a, you know, a billion of them. Uh, but then on an NFT level, trade them for small amounts of money. Wait, what do you mean on an NFT level? So like the NFT value evaluation, you, you come in with this new set of things and they're unique and you create NFTs, but you come in at a small market value and you say, oh, each one of these, and maybe they're just numbers on a card. You know, people want their favorite number, right? Mm -hmm. Um but you say like on a penny stock evaluation, I'm thinking really theoretical here. Would that be an interesting way for NFTs to capture a new market, which would be the, the you know, not extrav extravagant amounts of money and would people be interested in it? So, I mean, when you say make an NFT into a penny stock kind of thing, a penny stock is just a stock that's valued under a dollar, right? So it's very stock. But at the end of the day, when you buy a stock of a company, you don't own the company, right? And But there's I, a value here on a number. Let's say, like you're saying, it's just a crap piece of art with an NFT attached to it. It's the number one. And who knows, maybe that'll go sell a million dollars. But at the time, we look at it and we think, well, that's crap. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to sell it, in a divided share sequence like that, would it even be worth, you know, a hundred pennies? <laughs> it depends. It, it, you, the valuation of it would be, have to be very difficult. I mean, most of the time stocks only reach a penny stock because they've done so poorly. No, I and get that. The where they're about to get kicked off the yeah. market. And I, I don't mean- Last ditch efforts. So starting off a bad piece of art with its NFT in the fashion where let's split up ownership. I don't think that- I, I, at no point do I want to split up the ownership in this theoretical situation. It's full ownership of the number one, but, and I don't mean penny stock as in stock market where you're, you're breaking it up. I just meant like 
by comparison of the average NFT selling for $300,000, like, could you create a, hey, yeah, all these NFTs are like 10 bucks, you know, and, and, ooh, what if I got, you know, numbers 10, 11, and 12, and you started to get a series of them and own them, and maybe that drives a little bit of a market, but like, they're not selling for $300,000. The goal isn't millions of dollars per NFT, it's $10 per NFT. So you're asking if you buy cheap NFTs, does it possibly go up in value based on your buying behavior? No, I'm thinking, do you think that cheap NFTs could sustain a market? A market of what? NFTs? Mm-hmm. Could they exist? Well, any market, yeah. I mean, if people are buying and selling them, whether they're cheap or expensive, you have a market at the end of the day. If there's an exchange going on, technically it's a market. Do you mean, is it a market that's highly popular, like the stock market? No, I just mean, uh, I think maybe we've gone down the rabbit hole too far in two different directions. I think, Tyler, you're thinking about making a bunch of like NFTs and selling them really cheap, but you have made 300 of them and sell them for a dollar and then you've made $300. Kind of. I, I'm more thinking of, you know, like here's this, these NFTs, right? And they they all sell for so much money. I just wonder, wow, I wouldn't recommend that to anybody, right, as an investment. But if there was a small denomination for NFTs, if they were like a, if someone made this structure of $10 NFTs, whatever it is, sure, you could invest in that, you know, and put in a small investment. And maybe that like, would that be somewhere if it existed? It, it's a question that doesn't make sense. The more it, I it, even- You know what it sounds like to me, Tyler, now that you explained it again, mm-hmm. sorry, it took me a while to get on your uh, page. It sounds like a venture capitalist kind of thing. If I'm yeah. an investor and mm-hmm. I think I have an eye for art, because I think in this world, the only way it would become valuable is if the artist of those NFTs becomes famous. I think that's the obvious way, right? Yeah. These NFTs, they don't sell anything. They're, they're her art, whatever. But I think five years, she's going to be really well known. And these original pieces of hers that are selling for two bucks now are going to be worth very much. That's, you know, your classic story of eventual capitals. Finding these small companies that are private or trying to, you know, make a little sell. Investing a lot of money in it with the idea of making huge gains, but also with the idea, I mean, with the knowledge of knowing that uh, 49 out of my 50 investments are not going to yield me anything, right? So could that happen in NFTs? Sure. It had to be someone who knows their art, in my opinion. It wouldn't be just a willy-nilly investor because just like a venture capitalist, they know finance, they know business, they know markets of what's going to sell in their own prospective investments. Well, I think we won't keep you any longer, Eli, since this has been the longest gosh darn podcast in the world. She might be going to bed soon, actually. She needs to keep it down in the background. I'll let her know. She's so loud. Yeah. Very loud. Because really, we could talk about this forever. Um, Yeah, I mean, you get into theories and stuff like that. You can just mm -hmm. drown on forever. Do you think uh, NFTs are art? No, who are you no. Talking I, to? I mean, NFTs are, are authenticity of an art. 
So saying my deed that I own the art is art. No, but I think the art well, to the NFT can be art depending on what it is. I think NFTs are a way to sell digital art, mm-hmm. which is great for digital art because there really hasn't been a market for it. It is so hard to sell. And this has been a way for artists like Bleeple, who's been doing digital art for so long to actually make money, which is a nice thing to see. Beeple, right? Beeple. 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 I think it's Beeple. Bleeple. Like a deed Beeple. to the house in my, my mind. So Ooh. it's like, oh, is your deed to the house considered a house? I mean, if you understand the value of it equals a house, yes, but it itself is a piece of paper. Understood. Um, but I do think that the NFT, the authentication itself, uh, I think that ultimately becomes the, the piece of the art that is valued. Because like the Banksy that got burned, there is nothing left but the authentication. Well, yeah, you need proof that it is the original you own. And that is now the proof of it. Mm-hmm. And it's Beeple underscore crap on Instagram. Beeple. Mm-hmm. It's not going to come up in the, the background. <laughs> yeah. There we go. People mm. crap. <sighs> well, thank you, Eli, for coming on our podcast and talking about this and giving us your time. What's my the name book. of your book again? Play. P-L-A-Y. That's my where, name. Where can I buy it? Uh, Amazon. How Fine. much is it? You can get the ebook for three bucks, I think, right now. A hardcover for 15. But I recommend the hardcover because the artwork on it's very cool. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to um, MissArtPodcast.com and all the <laughs> Miss Art Podcast stuff. It's our world. Uh, just wanted to say thank you all for listening. Subscribe, share, do whatever you do. Just keep loving us and we'll keep producing this high quality art. Uh, follow us on what, Katie? Instagram. Which is what? What it was? Was uh, our- Miss Our World podcast, and find us wherever you find your podcasts. Yeah. Or you can look us up on the MissArtWorld.com page for more information. And howdy, y'all! I'll see you next week. See you, see you later, Samuel.